Welcome to the Eastridge Church East Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. Now I wish I had say I wish I'd have kept filming until you walked up to me because you just seen this seen this huge smile uh, across his face. Now now if you're new here, uh, you know Cage has special needs, so this was a huge moment for him. I wish I had a nickel for every time I helped him climb up there and then I helped him climb back down, or or I helped him climb up there and he slid down, or or I held his hands as as he jumped. This was a big day for him. This is that that one day moment that has really changed things for him, because now, you know what, he's jumped off of it several times, now he doesn't even think about it anymore. I'm afraid he's going to try to jump off our porch. That's what scares me right now. But that was a big one-day moment. You know, all of us have those uh, one-day moments. You, you've been there before. Maybe it wasn't uh, your transformer in the yard. Maybe one summer it was a diving board, and you, you're just you're trying to jump off that diving board. Or maybe you're facing that one day, and it's not something you're dreading, but it's something you're looking forward to that, hey, one day I, I'm going to beat this. One day I'm going to start this, or, or one day this will be, I'm going to do it finally this one day. And what happens is when that one day happens, man, you feel a sense of freedom like you've never have before. So we've all been there in some form or, or another. That one day, that one day. And what's your one day? It's something new, something daring, maybe something adventurous, something important, something we look forward to. One day I'll go, one day I'll stop doing this, or one day I'm going to buy this, or, or one day I'll try this. Many of us are waiting for that one day. Many of us are waiting for that, that one day when it's going to have such a huge impact on us, and, and not just us, but also on, on those around us. Because one day experiences, they, they do, we, we, we leave them changed, but we don't, it doesn't just change us. It has the impact to, to change other people. And what we have is freedom. And what others can experience from our one-day experiences is freedom, too. Last week, we, we started out, and I want to read uh, Acts 1.8. It was, it was the uh, diving board, so to speak, uh, for this series. It says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He says, you'll receive power. And he talked about, Paul talked about that's the same kind of power that, that raised Jesus from the dead. He said, you're going to receive that kind of power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then he says, you will be my witnesses. Not that you could be or you might be. He says, but you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. The disciples are waiting on that one day. They're waiting. They're waiting. They, they spent three years with Jesus. He's discipling them. He's teaching them. He, he's pouring into them. He's modeling for them what it's going to look like. He's preparing them to continue the ministry after he's gone. They've been waiting for three years. They watch him crucified. They watch him die. They, they watch him put it in the grave. They watch him rise from the grave. 
They're waiting for that one day. He gives them this promise. One of the last things he tells them is, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Holy Spirit that, that raises God from the dead kind of power. But he doesn't give them a time frame. We all know what it was like to wait on Christmas as a kid. Some of us still wait on Christmas like that. Remember, you just, oh, it's never going to get here. But at least you, you could count down the days, whether it be popcorn off the tree or the little cardboard uh, little circles you put around the tree. At least you could count down the, the days, whether you put it on a calendar and you, you marked the X. They had no time frame. Man, they're waiting on this Holy Spirit to come that's going to give them power, and they've got really no clue about when it's going to happen. All they know is this, it's going to change everything. It's going to change them, and it's going to change everything. How is that? When the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus is boldly proclaimed, and people respond. Understand this, when the Holy Spirit comes, and he came then, when the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus is boldly proclaimed, and people respond. Now, I'm going to read through this. How many of y'all are tapped into Ancestry.com? Just, just be honest. It's not a sin. Go ahead. We've got one, two. I see those hands. Praise God. <laughs> all right. All right. We've all heard of Ancestry.com. Okay, I want you to have an Ancestry.com mindset as I'm reading through uh, the, the birth of the church. Because you know what? A lot of us want to know, well, you know, who are our people? You know, where did I come from? Why am I like the way I am, you know? And so we'll, we'll check into our ancestors and, and how far back we go. We all know, you know, what kind of blood we have in us. This is your spiritual DNA. These, these are your ancestors. Spiritually, this is where you come from. These are your people. So, so listen to what happens here. The Holy Spirit comes as promised to followers of Jesus. And it continues. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Now remember, we had talked about last week, they were hiding behind locked doors. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And listen to this, and we'll, we'll explain this in a minute. And began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. The Holy Spirit. In that song, it said, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, three in one. That is phenomenal theology. It's not just a catchy song. That is God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, three in one. This Holy Spirit has been promised to all believers. The disciples and the apostles, they receive him then. But he's given to all believers to be a witness. Again, I want to reiterate, this is us. Not like that depressing TV show. No, this is us. We're reading about them but this is us. This should remind us that God gives us the Holy Spirit. This should remind us that the Holy Spirit is power for us to be witnesses. The Holy Spirit counsels us. The Holy Spirit leads us. The Holy Spirit produces fruit in us. And the Holy Spirit is given to confirm the message of Jesus. So let's go back. So that's us. Let's be reminded of who we are when we read this. 
But let's also talk about who was there exactly that time. A lot of people think that um, only the disciples or the apostles received the Holy Spirit. No, 12 apostles and then believers. There are about 120 people inside and outside. The houses weren't very big, so you got people just sort of camping out in the house and outside the house. And we got two symbols from the Old Testament that proved that this is the Spirit of God. You got wind and you got fire. Wind has always been a, a sign that God was at work in the world. You can see it in Ezekiel. It's showing us the, the power of the Holy Spirit. It filled the house with the presence of God. And listen, it was loud. It was like a roaring wind. And also you have fire. How did, how did God uh, show himself to Moses through a what? Burning bush. God showed himself to, to Moses through a burning bush. God led the people of Israel through a, 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 a tower of fire or, a, a, so to speak, a cloud of fire. You know what's interesting? You know what I love about this? It said flames did not rest in the room. There was not a burning bush moment for everyone to look at. There was not a tower of flames for everyone to look at. It says that the flames rested on each of them. Like if if all the Jews knew when when this flame appeared, that is a signal of God's presence, but not in the room, but in each believer. Uh, understand the difference there. It wasn't to, to lead the group as a crew. Each person received the Spirit of God inside of them, and fire was an incredible sign of this. And you know what? We don't see the mention of flames again. So if you're thinking, you know what? Scott's talking about an incredible, powerful experience. And some of us go, I want that experience. Some of us go, I'm scared of that experience. You know, we talked about sometimes this can be confusing. We don't see tame, uh, flames uh, resting on people again in the New Testament. But he does talk about tongues, and he talks about languages here. And he's not talking about, a, a, a pr- he's not talking about uh, the prayer language that Paul talks about later on. But he's talking about all these people that, that came up for, uh, for Passover that are staying there at Pentecost. All these people that spoke different languages were able to hear the gospel preached to them in their language. And these disciples, before this happened, did not know all these languages. So you got, you got the power and the sign of wind. You got the power and the sign of flames. And now all of a sudden you got people from all over uh, the land that are hearing the gospel preached in their own language. That same Holy Spirit resides in believers today so that you and I can be witnesses. Listen, and we may feel like it's an impossible situation. Can you imagine what the disciples felt? What these believers felt? How am I going to share the gospel to all these people who I don't know their language? But that same God that turns seas and highways, man, he reversed the curse of the Tower of Babel. And then they heard the language, the gospel in their own language. And remember, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's always to confirm the message of Jesus. So, the Holy Spirit has come. Jesus is boldly proclaimed. Now, listen to who he's boldly proclaimed by. Remember Peter? 
Now, Peter, um, you know, sort of a kiss up all through the gospel, sort of impetuous Peter. Oh, hey, pick me, pick me, sort of, you know, th- that kind of guy. And then later, when, when Jesus is arrested, what does he do? He denies Jesus three times, hides a little bit in the background. Jesus is boldly proclaimed. And listen, it says this in verse 14 of Acts chapter 2. Then Peter stepped forward. The the one that denied Jesus, the the one who was afraid to be associated with Jesus, the one who was scared, the the one that was hiding, it says Peter stepped forward, and then it says this, with the 11 others, and shouted to the crowd. All of a sudden, he wasn't afraid of, of being associated with Jesus. There's a new power at work inside of Peter. He says, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. There's there's no sense of denying Christ. There's no sense of hiding. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. And then he makes just a funny statement to me. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. My whole life I've thought, that is an odd statement, funny statement. Come back later. I mean, I know it's not what he means. Well, then in verse 22, listen. And he lays out a message. This, this denier, this, this hider, this one that's ashamed to be seen with Christ. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God know, knew what would happen. And his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. Peter's not even afraid of being arrested. He's saying, you did this. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grits. And then he goes on in in verse 32, he said, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we're all witnesses of this. Now he's exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. Listen, for that statement alone, he could be arrested and tried. And the Father, as he promised, gave the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. He said, hey, what you're seeing right now, this is not of us. This is not of our doing. This is not of, we didn't take uh, language classes. This 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 is the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, for David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be Lord, to be both Lord and Messiah. So you might be thinking, I could never do that. Peter, who we know was not schooled in the Scriptures from what it told us earlier. Well, we'll actually know that in next week's message. But we know this. These are ordinary men. Not schooled in Scriptures. Not schooled in theology. 
doing this. My prayer is this. Is that you have a vision from God of you doing this. And it's going to look different. I don't expect us all to take a plane to Israel. It's going to look different. Same Holy Spirit. Same commission. Tell a whole world about Jesus. Start small and, and let it go out. Start with the family and, and let it go through the friends and the town and the county and the state. It's the same spirit, the, the same mission. But you may be thinking, because I thought it, I could never do that. I guarantee you, before the Holy Spirit came, we know Peter was thinking that. He felt ashamed. He felt guilty, even though he, you know, he'd been reinstated by Jesus, we know in the Gospel of John. Peter would have said the same thing. What happened to Peter? He's not the same guy, is he? He's not the same guy. Now he's preaching to those who killed Jesus? Man, putting his life on the line, all of a sudden fear has turned into boldness. You know, uh, fear has turned into power. All of a sudden this guy is out there and he's preaching Jesus? Definitely not doing it in his own strength. He, he's not the same. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't view them as the enemy. Wouldn't it have been easy to, to view them as the enemy? Hey, you know what? They're, they're, they, didn't, they shouldn't even be the ruling power. They shouldn't even be the ruling authority. They killed Jesus. I, I should be angry with them. No, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he saw them as lost or saved. And he knew they were lost. He's not the same. No, none of them are. No, none of these people that received the power of the Holy Spirit were the same. They're, they're no longer afraid, but they're bold because of the Holy Spirit. And Peter, who denied Jesus, starts to thunder away and proclaim Jesus is who he said he was. He is the Son of God. Again, statements that would have Jesus, that did have Jesus arrested and crucified. These are statements that could get Peter killed. But you know what he does? He starts by addressing this question of being drunk. It's much too early in the morning. It's 9 o'clock. This is the first time you see what is called the theology of rejection. There's no denying that the people saw everything they're seeing. And what did they do? They denied it as a work of God. Listen, the work of God is scrutinized. The work of God can be discounted. It can be rejected. And it can be scorned. And know this. The message of Jesus will not always be welcomed. I really doubt, but it may get to a point, but right now I don't believe it's there that you and I, if we share Jesus, we need to be afraid of being shot or killed or arrested. Maybe just told no. But the message of Jesus is not always welcome. Here's some good news. We're not responsible for the outcome. We're not responsible for the outcome. I have known ministers 
man, they can walk down the street, and they're sort of like um, a fly strip, which is a terrible way to, to explain this. But, man, I just, it's like, man, people fall to their knees, you know, in, in salvation. You know, and then I, I've known preachers, man, they, they preach the gospel that Jesus is the Christ and there's only forgiveness of sin. And, man, they may get one or, or two people in their lifetime. We are not responsible for the outcome. We're only responsible to be witnesses. That's our responsibility. We are called and we are empowered to be witnesses. So what Peter does, he walks through who Jesus was. He talks about what he did. He talks about how Jews and Gentiles, how we crucified him. It was our sins that nailed him to the cross. And he proclaims that he was raised back to life. And that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is Messiah. He's not just our Savior. He's not just the one that forgives us of sins. But he is Lord and he is Messiah and he is the one to be fully surrendered to and followed. Peter did this. Peter the denier, Peter the hider is now Peter the proclaimer and Peter the preacher. Through the power of the Holy Spirit which you and I have if we have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now get what happens. Holy Spirit comes. Jesus is boldly proclaimed. And here's what happens. People respond. Verse 37. <clears throat> excuse me. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? All of a sudden, the gospel has pierced their hearts. What should we do? And here's what Peter replied. Each of you must repent of your sins. You need to turn from your sin and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of his sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, to your children, and to those who are far away, us. All who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, Strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Now, listen what happened. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. That's probably 3,000 men, so you got women and you got children, so anywhere from you know, maybe 4,500 or 6,000, we're not sure. The gospel always demands a response. Yes is a response. No is a response. Not now is a response. But people always respond to it. And again, 3,000 men, maybe 4,500, 6,000 people were saved that day. But not everyone believed. You're in a city of probably at this time maybe 2 million people. And of course, not 2 million people could hear everything that was going on. But that day, Thousands were saved. What is your response today? We just heard Peter's gospel presentation to them. We, we just heard it. 
What is your response today? Here's the great thing about salvation. It's not exclusive. God desires that everyone should not perish but be saved. God, God desires that no one should perish, but everyone come to faith in Christ. What's your response today? If, if you're a non-believer, you know what the response is? Turn to God. Man, turn from sin and turn to God. Turn from a life of sin and turn to following God. That, that's what repentance is. And, and I'm doing the same thing Peter said. Hey, I, I beg you, hey, turn from that because it ends in destruction. Turn, turn from that. Man, place your faith in Jesus. Man, be baptized into Christ. Now, why don't we do, is it just a ceremony? No. Man, that is a, a statement of faith. Man, it is publicly identifying with Jesus' death, his burial, and resurrection. It is letting the world know that you have repented of sin. And then Peter says, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And listen, we don't have another description of it happening like it did when it first happened with the Jews and later we see it happening with the Gentiles. He said, hey, if you don't believe in Jesus, man, if you've not had salvation yet, man, turn from sin, turn to God, place your faith in Jesus, be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now for the believer, man, what's your response? I believe one of the greatest things the enemy does is to get us thinking wrongly. Is to get us to believe lies. Because if we can believe a lie, it's going to change the way we act. It's going to change the way we live. And I'm not talking about we're going to be good people or bad people. What I'm saying is it's going to keep us from our mission. If, he can, if I can believe the lie, you know what, I don't have the Holy Spirit. Or, or you know what, that, that's for them and that's not for me. It's for everybody who believes in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, the reason you're still alive, the reason you and I are still breathing in the air today is for the same mission, to be witnesses by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you what it's going to do. It's going to take a step of faith. And sometimes, you know, we're, we're going to see, you know what, Peter's not always perfect. We're going to see an instance of racism later on in Acts, even though this spirit-filled guy here, we're going to see he's not always perfect. And you, and you and I, and especially me, I'm not going to always be perfect. But in faith, even in the presence of fear, I'm going to be a witness for Jesus Christ. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to tell other people about the forgiveness of sin and the salvation that's found in Jesus Christ. So if you're a believer today, man, be his witness. Man, live in a state of always turning to God. Reject the fear. Man, boldly proclaim Jesus to, to those in your home, to, to those in your neighborhood, to, to those you work with. Boldly proclaim. You know, one of the funniest parts about that video with Cage, besides one, two, besides that, are you ready? Are you ready? I, I didn't even film the whole thing. I just at some point started filming that. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? So many times we said that. Now is the day for salvation. And turn to Jesus or, or be his witness and boldly proclaim Jesus.
Father God, I want to thank you for, for, one, you've called us to do the impossible, but as always, God, you equip us through your spirit for the impossible. So, Father, I, I pray this, Lord. I, I pray, God, you would take us back to a moment when we first believed and Father, the joy of that salvation, that, that moment, God, if some of us need to be reminded, God, I pray your spirit would remind us of that. And then also, too, God, I thank you for your word that convicts. I thank you, Lord, for that word that convicts, Lord, that we would be bold, we would reject fear, and God, we would boldly proclaim, and we would be your witnesses. But Father, for those who want to trust Jesus for salvation, Lord, I pray, Lord, Lord, Father, your conviction be so strong upon them that it is all they can do. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, and I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, I have thoroughly enjoyed. I got to talk to a lot of y'all in the atrium, and, and that was awesome. I haven't got to speak to most of you. It wasn't because I chose not to speak to you. Um, but I would love to talk to you. So listen, thank you for being here. I hope to get to talk to you. Listen, if today you want to go, you know, I'm not sure. I will hang out in here or you can stop me in the atrium. I would love to talk to you about receiving Jesus Christ, okay? And if not, I'd just love to talk to you. So listen, y'all have a great week. I'll see you next week. And next week we're going to talk about, um, help me, Gene, what are we talking about? Chapters three and four, amen. <laughs> y'all have a great week. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you, and you have a family at Eastridge Church.